Hey everyone, I'm back here today to get started on my quarter two review, which I'm very excited about. The writing process for this has taken quite a few hours, actually. Based on the amount of takeaways that I had, there was a lot to expand on. So to go through all of these, I'm instead of just throwing them all into one episode. I'm going to split them up into the next three or four. And in doing so, I'm going to give an introduction here, go through maybe 10 or so, and then pause and save the rest for additional segments that will come. So before I get started, I hope you enjoy and that you can resonate with some of these things that I've pulled out from paying attention to my life and the things that I've learned over the last three and a half months. And if you're interested in reading this instead of listening to it, head over to mapbest.net slash the platform slash quarter dash two, the word two, dash two zero two one. Since the final days of last year, I've been writing every night before I go to bed. In my life before this, I would write down my thoughts every now and then, but I never really had a good system for consistently getting my thoughts and experiences down on paper. Although the last three months of the year weren't like the first three months I spent in Brazil, which was a new world for me with so much to learn and explore, there's still a lot to learn. In reviewing my entries over the last three and a half months, I was again reminded of just how much one can learn if they just pay attention to their own life for a few minutes a day. It's quite amazing to see how much 10 to 15 minutes per day can add up. As I did at the end of the previous quarter of this year, I synthesized these entries into some important takeaways that I'd like to share here and expand on. I hope this piece inspires you to take some time to think about your own life and the things you may learn if you were to develop a habit of paying some intentional attention to your everyday experiences and thoughts. If you're already going through something like this, then perhaps this piece will provide a point of resonance and recognition. First, it takes some much longer than others to resolve personal issues. And that is okay. Everyone moves at their own pace. You never know what is going to turn it around for someone exactly. Even if you can clearly pinpoint what is going on and what they need to do to fix the situation. Even if you have been through the same thing and learned the lesson, it is important to recognize that each person's process of learning and resolution is going to look a little different. Fairly often, making the mistakes and going through the process lead to a more meaningful and sticky learning experience, which endures for them over time. Also, consider there may be something in your own life that someone on the outside can look at and clearly pinpoint a way to fix as well, which you may not fully grasp if they told you. Next, prioritize truth, honesty, and transparency over appearance. Of course, approaching others with grace, love, and good intentions is of critical importance, and not just thinking they are good intentions, but also assuring that they are in fact good. However, 
Sugarcoating something or dancing around the truth is not going to do anyone any good. Not you, not the person you're talking to, not the people the information affects. Doing this and trying to look nice is often just kicking the can down the road rather than picking it up and taking care of it. Next, the resurgence of past desires and nostalgia are ephemeral. Desire and nostalgia seem to be ever-present aspects of our existence. We have all experienced them in some capacity. Past desires and moments of nostalgia will resurge at various times of our lives. It is important to keep some things in mind about this. We don't control all the things that cross our minds. We also do not fully control the cues we encounter that spark a memory or a feeling. Thus, we should not beat ourselves up about having these thoughts, memories, and feelings. However, we do have a responsibility to deal with them, and I would add, to deal with them well. One way to do this is to recognize that these thoughts, memories, and feelings that cross our minds will likely not last for very long. They come and go. Realizing this in the moment can help to endure it and to move on from it. Let it sit and let it pass, because it certainly will pass. And if it does not pass, that is a call to exploration. Why is it not passing? Why is it sticking around? Why does this seem to have a deeper importance by not moving on and easily passing? Next, cut down on YouTube. YouTube offers a tremendous amount of informative and interesting content. I've learned a lot about myself and about the world from YouTube. I've also noticed how addictive it can be, as it was built to be that, given their ad-based revenue model. My use of YouTube often cuts down on my productivity and mental clarity, which are things I value more than the great majority of the information that I'm gathering from the content I'm engaging with. In other words, the costs of watching and listening outweigh the benefits when looking at my life more broadly. Setting out specific times when I can engage with the platform and identifying what types of content I want to engage with over a specific period of time would be helpful changes to reduce the distractibility that my engagement with YouTube has caused in the past. Next, delete the Tandem app and do not consider a return until 2022. I firmly believe that Tandem, which is similar to HelloTalk, is one of the greatest mobile applications ever created. It is not a well-known one, but it is one that has had a profound impact on my life. It has enabled me to learn so much about the world that I would have never had the chance to really see without it. I've built many friendships that have lasted for multiple years on the app, and I'm sure that plenty of them will be at my wedding and other special occasions of my life. I'm likely going to marry a special woman who I met on the app as well, even though the app is not meant for this sort of encounter. Since I started using it in September of 2016, it has taken me on a roller coaster ride of learning about myself and others including trips to Mexico, Colombia, Brazil, and various countries in Europe, plus invitations to visit many more. My Spanish has improved. I learned Portuguese from a knowledge base of zero, and I learned some bits of French as well. Despite all of these tremendous benefits, I've realized that I am now at a point where I need to cultivate and build the existing relationships I have. I also need to focus more on the things outside of these relationships, like work, maintaining good health, my family, and self-exploration. Using the app takes a lot of time, and the time it takes to engage with it makes me much more distractible. Leaving the app appears to be an opportunity to quiet my mind, find a better consistency in my social life, and to better know myself in a unique way.
Next, make a plan for each day. I'm in a place in my life where I've come to really appreciate my time and the ways in which I use it. Planning the day allows for better organization and clarity. It doesn't have to go perfectly, but at least you have a roadmap. Having a map is better than getting lost. And the better the map, the less lost you are. If you really want to get lost one day, you can make a plan for that too. Next, no phone use in the morning. Through the breakdown of each day in my journal, I noticed that on the select days in which I started my day with meditation and no phone use, or in other words, I went straight to work and dove in, I tended to be more productive and focused, both inside and outside of my work. I also tended to rate the quality of these days better than other days. Using my phone in the morning takes me out of a flow of focus and a more enduring attentional capacity. It can also lead me to certain emotional ups and downs that may throw me off in some way as I start the day. It seems better to engage with those after having some good work and focused time under my belt. Next, and lastly for this episode, when giving feedback, be specific on the problem areas. Give examples supporting the identification of the problem areas and provide specific strategies to improve in those areas. Taking feedback isn't the easiest. Giving feedback is even less easy, especially if you intend for your feedback to be instructive and positive for the person's growth. You hold a lot of responsibility in your hands when providing feedback to someone. If your assessments are inaccurate, then they may find themselves setting out on a quest to work on something that they perhaps do not need to work on or for which their time would be better spent elsewhere. If your assessments are accurate, but lack detail and clarity, then you may be setting the person up to be lost in rumination on an uncovered weakness with no place to begin a journey of personal or professional development. Doing these things when you provide feedback will help to set someone up to take your feedback well and to take good steps forward toward their growth. They'll be grateful that you invested the additional effort, and so will you. So as I mentioned at the beginning, this is just a, an introduction, uh, the first few parts of what is a long article, <clears throat> which you can find on my website, mapbest.net slash the platform, and it's just the first link there. So I hope you enjoyed this, and I hope you're looking forward to what is to come. I certainly am excited to share the rest with you. So thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. And I'll be back soon. Lots of love. Cheers.